we're back. Hello. And we're going to try and do a whole episode and not talk about any gay shit, not talk about uh, Martin, not talking about my best friend jerking me off with his ass, ancient Greece, ancient Japan, ancient Rome, yeah, the Bible, um, or any of that other stuff. So this whole episode, not once will we say anything related to being gay starting from now. But this is just for one episode. Um, so anyway, the other day I was sucking a dick. <laughs> and but not in a gay way. <laughs> but it was straight. Yeah, but it was straight. The dick was straight. The dick was straight. Here's... Uh, I wanted your reaction to this video. You're going to get me to react to this video on pod. Yeah. Mm, I've seen this video. Yeah. Your thoughts? I think she should go down to Chinatown. <laughs> Who? I want to research that video and figure out when that video was made. Because I feel like that can't have been made in the last 10 years. I think it was. No way. There's no way that could have been made in the last 10 years. Because what, the footage sucks? Or? Mm, well, partly, yeah, because the camera is very bad in comparison to... A lot of cameras nowadays, but also because that th- there is just no way someone would have put that out there these days. Like, yeah, I, I cannot, especially a white woman, to make that. It's like there is no way a white woman would be brave enough to make that today. Dude, I think white women are some of the most bravest people. Yeah, go on, Martin. Shade theory. No, as in, like, they've got nothing to fear. Well, they should. Yeah, but they're so... I've seen some very non-fearful white women. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You know who doesn't have any fear? White women. Asian women. Mm. Now, those women have no fear. Yeah, they can smell your fear. They can. They can. Why do you think Asians are so brave? They've got nothing to lose, you know. Their penis is so small. <laughs> yeah, go on. No, that's it. That's the whole point. That's the whole theory behind it. <laughs> when you have an penis, you do not need to fear it. You know, yeah, like you can't fear death if, like, your living existence... Is suffering from yeah. a small penis. Dude, I'm scared that if I commit suicide, I'll become a ghost. And you'll be a ghost with a small penis? No, that I'll just be... I'll be like, fuck, I thought this was going to end. Who was that comedian? I feel like... Oh, it was Jay. That's right. It was Jay who had Raymond. that... Yeah, Jay Raymond who had that joke about... Um, uh, I dropped a Reese's Pieces. Um, who had that it's joke... Sunday, yeah. Who had that joke about... Um, um, who had that joke oh, about uh, why the fact that there's no modern day ghosts... Like it's oh, all. No one talks about them. Yeah, no one talks about them. It's like whenever you hear about a ghost, it's some woman from a hundred years ago who died on her wedding day. It's always like a tragically beautiful story. Yeah, it's a tragically beautiful story, and it's never just a fat, obese heroin addict uh, jerking off in in a house. Are there fat heroin addicts? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. I work with a fat meth addict. Um, <laughs> that guy's not taking enough meth. <laughs> 
No, trust me when I tell you, this guy was taking plenty of meth. This- How much is he eating then? Oh, what I think it is, it's this immune crushing, This it's this like metabolism crushing thing. Because what he does was, these two guys, the, these two guys were high functioning meth addicts. One of them was like socially very difficult to spot. Like you, you, you wouldn't have known he was a meth addict unless you like looked at him like a little bit unless closer. Looked at his teeth. No, his teeth were fine. He had great teeth. You just need you like honestly, it was it was it was the weirdest kind of meth addict to work with because he was a great, great, great guy. Really, really nice. Wonderful guy. Honestly, one of the best guys I ever worked with. He was a... I'm not going to say what role he had because that could narrow him down. No one's going to listen to this too. But yeah, he was a high-functioning mathematic, really, really nice guy. And But you, you would not spot it unless you hung out with him for an extended period of time. Mm. And you could just see the fatigue on him. Because what would happen was, this was back when I was FIFO, and he would go away for a week. He would get blasted up. He, he would smoke up for like five days. As soon as he landed, he had, a, he, he had a pipe and a bag of rock in his car waiting, ready to go every time he got home. So he was he was smoking before he even drove home. He was smoking in the car on the way home. He must be gone through some mad withdrawals. Yeah, well, yeah, this was the thing. Like On site, the first three or four days, everyone knew, including the supervisors. But he not a good to, worker? Or? He was extremely intelligent. Like really, really smart. Like had a, he had like a, a ridiculously great uh, way of problem solving. Like he, he he was a great problem solver. Yeah, he had a problem in his life. He wasn't taking enough meth. Yeah, that was the problem. But no, he he was a great problem solver. He could like work his ass off. He really, really knew what he was doing in terms of electrical work. Really, really smart guy. But for the first three or four days. He, he flew back to site. He, you could not get him to do anything. Some days when it was really bad, the first week wasn't like he wasn't like he wasn't going to get anything done in his first week. So you would give him all light duties, and then in the second week he'd be a gun ready to go. That's so convenient for him. So in a way, he is a genius. He is. He's working the least amount possible. <laughs> he is. He was so smart though, like. And socially, he was, like, so nice, too. Like, he wasn't, like, an irritable meth addict. He was tired and sleepy all the time. Well, if he was a cunt, people wouldn't let him get away with it. No, that's not true. That's not true. There are some people who were cunts on site that you you just had to let them get away with it. Uh, because, A, they were a valuable member to the team. And, B, you didn't... I mean, if he was a cunt and he was useless... Oh, yes, 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 absolutely. But he was useful and not a cunt. Yeah. There was another guy, there was another meth addict who... He wasn't like a total cunt, but he could be very cunty. Like, it, really, he was just a misunderstood person. And But, yeah, he was. He could be like a total asshole at times. Very, very, very petty. Like, he, he, like it was like, man, just like... Put it down. Who cares? It took nothing to upset him. But he was good at his job when you could apply him to it. Otherwise, he would just sleep in the ute, like, all the fucking time. So, 
Oh, that's my alarm. Oh. That's just to wake me up from my alarm. I had to go and work the bar yesterday. But yeah, so two very different kinds of meth addicts. And working with those two meth addicts was very, very interesting. But yeah, there is like when you've gone through the come down or whatever and you're you've crashed, it's like impossible to get them to work. Yeah. But not when they're on drugs. You can get them to work when they're on drugs. Oh for sure. Yeah. Maybe maybe the lesson here is that people should be allowed to do drugs. What are your thoughts? Well, I think people do them no matter what. It's true. Um, yeah, laws don't stop people from doing things. Laws don't no. stop people from doing anything, honestly. The people who are going to commit crimes will commit... Well, the people who will do things that they shouldn't will do them regardless or not whether there's laws in place for it or not. Yeah. Yeah. But... No, what was interesting about these guys is that they were both kind of chubby. And I think it was mainly a FIFO thing where they would smoke... They weren't young guys, so maybe that was just the thing. But, like, they would... They would smoke the entire time they were away. They'd smoke meth the entire time they were away. And then those that week, that first week or so back... Uh, yeah, they'd just be coming down. And I feel like in an attempt to get over the come down, they would just eat, like, anything. And because they hadn't eaten fuck all while they were away, because they were on meth, like, I think it, I think it fucked up their, like, um, metabolism and digestive system. Hmm. So, like, their body just stored more fat because their body was just used to, like, oh, I'm not going to... This is the pattern. I'm going to not eat for a week and smoke meth. I'm going to eat my head off and do nothing for a week. And then I'm going to eat normally and be a regular human for a week. And then I'm going to, the cycle is going to start over again. Yeah. So, so I have a week off smoking meth. Yeah. Yeah. And then probably lose weight. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like whatever you take from the body, like if you're not sleeping, eventually you have to give it back at some point. Yeah. I'm getting a little bit fat again at the moment. I um, I lost 15 kilos since November. I've put back on a couple of kilos. But I'm going to go to the gym tonight after we rack it up and uh, fuck off. You're going to rack it up? We'll rack up a line, yeah. No, I'm going to go work out. I'm going to go get a nice workout in. Yeah. 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 And then, God, I'm so looking for... I'm so looking for... Like, I love stand-up, but I'm kind of looking forward to having a break from it uh, in May... We'll do some spots, but March, fe- February, March, and April have been like very busy mm. times as far as stand up for me. I've done a lot of sets. Yeah, hell yeah. yeah. So it's that's been fun. Yeah, well, I had not much coming up in May at all, and then I got a email from some people like, "We saw you last year at Gong, and we're gonna put you on the Perth Comedy Festival or some shit." Perth Comedy Festival. When's that happening? Uh, in May, I guess. Didn't even know we had a Perth Comedy Festival. All right. Who knows? Maybe it's going to be a disaster. Put in a good word for me, will you? No? No? <laughs> no? <laughs> I don't want to be associated with you, Alex. Well, if they ask, but I don't want to just be like, hey, let's put this guy on. Mm. Mm. That's fair. Because um, I'm a newbie in that. How did they get your email? I gave it to him. Oh, right. Okay. 
Oh, right. Yeah, oh, we talked at Gong last November, but they were like, yeah, we do some kind of thing. And I was like, oh, here's my email. Hit me up. That's very cool. Nice November. So it's, it's weird how you like plant seeds and they come back. They plant seeds in, yeah, in a vagina. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Something straight. Mm. I was going to say a man's ass, but yeah. No, I was like, oh, we're, we're keeping it straight this episode. But, uh,. Yeah, it's, it's cool how you do things and you forget about them and then they come back. Mm. So, what what what's the set? Is it like a 10-minute set, a 15-minute or a 5-minute or? What's, uh, are you opening for someone? Five-minute five spots. Five-minute spots? Yeah. Who else are you doing them with? Do you know? No idea. No idea. Okay, where's the venue? Not sure. Not sure. Okay. Um, it's at 8.15 on a Thursday. That's all I know. <laughs> 8.15 on a Thursday in May. Yeah, now there's four spots. On four weeks? Yeah. Right, okay. That's pretty cool. That's exciting. Yeah, I have no idea what it's about. It's comedy, so... Your passion. Mm. Mm. So I'm sure I'll do at least, all right. You seem to have come out of a bit of a depressive state with your comedy. Like, you were in a bit of a depressive mode for a red-hot second, and then you seem to be out of it. Like, I feel like from your last set and judging from your thing, like, I don't know, you went through a stage where you were really depressed with your comedy, but now you seem to have found a new light in it. Yeah, I think because I'm, like, just doing new shit. Hmm. Do you think you were stagnating with old material? Yeah. Yeah. There is something really fun and rewarding about trying out new material, even if it doesn't hit exactly the way you want it to. I don't know. I find the adventure of trying new material is just always fun. Yeah, because you never know where the laughs are going to come. Mm. And then the editing's really cool because then you can chuck out all the crap. Mm. Do you mind if I try out some accents on you? Because I think you you have seen from one of my jokes that I do accents a little bit. I don't do... You know the joke I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Now, what would you rate those accents? I'll say they're pretty good. You think so? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm gonna... better than I would do. <laughs> well, I'm going to try just do some other accents. So we're going to just go on with it. And we're just going to talk normally, but I'm going to do an accent the entire time we're doing it. Okay. Right. I don't like it. Why not? I feel uncomfortable. Where do you feel uncomfortable? I need an adult. You're older than me. Yeah. Well, I don't feel like it. Why not? Because I have a little boy penis. Yeah, this is true, but uh, In my lo- freezer. A, a lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people still want your little penis, Martin. Mm. Mm. This is uh, this is an Irish accent from the West Country. People from the West of Ireland sound like this. They sound like they're about to ask you for a favour, but they're a bit embarrassed about it. Like, can you give me another week on that loan? I'll, I'll, I'll get you the money, I promise. I promise I will, but I just need another week. I don't believe you. You're you're going into the ground. Mm-hmm. Okay, nice. People from Northern Ireland sound like this. They sound like they're trying to reminisce about a big night out. I had ten pints and half a bag of Colombian marching powder last night. Marching powder? Aye, marching powder. Code for cocaine, Martin. I wouldn't know about that. Eh? Wouldn't you? What drugs have you done in your life? Uh, a bit of cocaine. A bit of weed? Yeah. 
You're a funny lad when you're uh, smoking the devil's lettuce, I notice. Well, I wasn't supposed to be when I got on the jazz cabbage. The jazz cabbage? I like that. Hmm. Mm. I, I don't know. I just go introspective and I just laugh at nothing. Eh? Well, I mean, that's what comedy's all about. Who's going introspective and laughing about nothing? Well, laughing about uh, lo- making things funny that aren't typically funny. I, I think that is part of comedy. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. How's this accent? Is it convincing? I think it's good. Aye? Yeah. Mm. Actually? Yeah, well, I can't do any accents. Well, you know, I think I've told you before, but my second passion, other, other than comedy, would I'd love to be a voice actor. And I feel like I'd be really good at it. I'd say you probably would. Aye? Yeah, I'm from Ireland. <laughs> I'm here to steal all your lucky clovers and your bucket of gold, bitch. Aye. And people from Dublin sound like this. They, they sound like they're trying to talk their way out of an embarrassing situation, you know? Dude, did you know that um, Ireland is actually the richest country? How so? Because their capital is always Dublin. I love it. I love it so much. It's an old dad joke. Mm. But uh, people from Dublin sound like they're trying to talk their way out of an embarrassing situation, you know? Like they were just found with a ladyboy's cock in their mouth. Oh. Listen, I I don't know how it happened. These things happen. I was having a drink, I was having a line, I slipped, tripped and fell, and I wound up face first on her cock, you know? It just, it just, it just happened, you know, my lads. I, I didn't mean for it to happen like that, but it happened. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Aye. And then... Aye. Aye. Because there's different types of aye. It's like... Because you can distinct... The word aye, like the Scots, you probably use it the best, the word aye. Like particularly Glaswegians. And they have two different types of aye. It's just like when you offer them a drink, they're like, hey. Say, say it with me. Aye. 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 And then when you say it, be like, did you have a rough day? And be like, aye. 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 A little bit better. Yeah. Aye. <laughs> um, and then I can do characters. Some of the voices I do are characters. Like I have this, I have multiple versions of different Americans. It's like I have the, I have the 1930s radio advert man. They're like, we're selling this. It's uh, it's called a uh, it's called a Jew detector, you know, something like that. And it's like, yeah, you'd be like, you want to keep Jews out of your neighborhood? Then you, what you need is a Jew detector, you know, something like that. It's, it's called your eyes. It's called your eyes. Yeah, they'd be like, things to look out for, big noses. Yeah, 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 yeah. Things to hear for, the clinking of change, you know, because their pockets are full of change, loose yeah, change. They're either Jews or homeless people. Uh, that's right. And, be like, and, and we don't like the homeless too. And be like, this is what you need for the uh, to to solve the Jewish problem. It is called a M1 Garand rifle. You know, it fires in forty caliber. You know, so yeah, that's like my fifty nine easy payments. Fifty nine easy payments of a dollar. You know, it's like fifty. It'd be like fifty nine dollars. Oh my god, that's almost as much as a television these days. Do they have televisions in nineteen thirty? Probably no, they did. Uh, they had the earliest televisions in the 1930s. Yes, and they're about as big as a house. 
No, they were tiny, I feel like. Oh. Maybe the box on the back of them was big, but other than that... Yeah, the tiny square and then a box that... <laughs> yeah, that went back 40 metres. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fucking hell, TVs used to be massive. And heavy. And heavy too, yeah. I remember moving them a couple of times, actually. Now you get these flat screens... You know how they do those flat screens now? Because it's like the, the old TVs was simple. The science behind it was simple. It was a big traje- projector in the back of the television that lit up the screen. That was the science. Oh, yeah. But now you've got the little LEDs and... No, now you know what it is. It's gas. Oh. It's gas in the TV. I don't get it. Well, it's, it's interesting, right? So, like, the gas in the TV is, like compressed and electrified in such a way that that is what that it creates the images you see on your screen it's not little leds it used to be that was the first generation of flat screen tvs but now it's it's this it's this it's these chemicals in these tvs it's these gases which are electrified to make the images you see on the screen and that's why whenever you get a crack in something uh it like it, it fucks up because the gas is licked out. Whenever you get crack in something, it fucks up. <laughs> and there is the lesson, folks. Do not smoke this new uh, sensation called crack. Now, that's more of an 80s thing, I feel like. What would an 80s TV presenter sound like? Yeah, what up, bruv? Yeah. Bruv? <laughs> I'm an 80s TV legend. <laughs> it's me. I'm here to tell the news. I've come... <laughs> You've come on a face. I've come to tell you about this new invention called crack. <laughs> it's sick. It's fully sick. It's fully sick. It will make you feel awesome. <laughs> it's radical, dude. <sighs> you know what's impressive? Gone 21 minutes and no gay shit. We thought this episode would be over a lot quicker than that. Yeah, we thought five minutes. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of TVs, I remember my roommate was talking about when he was a kid. He, uh, he was asking his dad where the hammers were. And he's like, why do you need the hammers? And he's like, I'm going to go into the TV and help out Blinky Bill. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, like, fuck you, we'll come hide in the hammers. Oh, man. Fucking hell. Blinky Bill. Well, that was the koala. Yeah. Yeah. I think they made a movie about him, how his rainforest got chopped down and he had to go on an, uh, on an adventure to find his mum. That was the movie, right? I think that's the story of my life. Your rainforest got <laughs> chopped down? Yeah, back in Vietnam. Vietnam. I'm the Lorax. I speak for the trees. And for some fucking reason, they're speaking Vietnamese. Uh, yeah, that's good. Mm, yeah. What's some other voices I can do? Um... Scottish accent is is harder the further the closer you get to Glasgow. So like, um, Highlander sound uh, quite mild and placid, but like the closer to get to Scotland, the harder and faster it sounds. And they start sounding like this, and then and they're like, and that's why Billy Connolly is kind of a, an anomaly. But mind you, he was a long time ago. The accents probably progressed a little bit since then. Billy Connolly sound kind of sounded like this, you know. Sounded like a, a bit like almost a wee bit of Irish, no, a wee bit of Ireland. Ireland, no, Scots pronounce it differently. Ireland, that's how they pronounce it. Uh, 
So I want to be a voice actor. <laughs> this is a no, 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 this oh. is annoying you. I can tell. Yeah. Long story short. Yeah. I'm a talentless fuck who wants to. No, have... I like it. Well, I want to use my voices more on stage. Yeah. No, that'll be good. It adds an extra layer that mm. other people can't do. Yeah. Um, I do have two versions of a old Australian man. Um, and I, I've given them names. So there's Mark. He sounds like this. He he sounds quite slow and quite drunken because he is drunk. Can I get another pint, please, mate? Thank you, mate. Thank you, my friend. That's what he sounds like. And then there's Ross, who's a little bit more cheery, but he sounds like this. Oh, can I get a bottle of Chardonnay for me and the wife? So yeah, that's what they, they, those are the two characters, Mark and Ross. What why what inspired the names? Literally customers at my bar. <laughs> oh, okay. So yeah, there is a per- there is a man named Mark who I hate. I I cannot fucking stand him. You keep him alive through alcohol. Literally, I feel like he gets ninety five percent of his calories through alcohol alone. And then, but you keep him alive in your life by constantly pretending to be him. Well, he's he's in the bar so much. It's impossible. It was impossible for me not to pick up his accent. You know, yeah. most of the voices I get currently are from T are, are from the bar. I can do a couple of like well-known impersonations. Like oh, I can. No wonder do- there's so many Irish. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's exactly right. So a lot of Irish and a lot of Scots. Quite a few people, English people. Like English people, like you get, you got um, like there's three different types of Manchester people in my bar. Four. There's yeah, what up, bruv? No, that's that's the Cockneys. So there's there's Paul, who sounds like this. Be like, can I get a pint of tiger, please, mate? When you're ready, when you're ready. And then we get it to him. Cheers, mate. And then I'll be like, I'll pay for the uh, for my next pint of tiger now. So that's what he sounds like. And then there's. And then there's Steve, who sounds like a depressed, miserable bastard who's always complaining. He, he sounds like you just want to put a gun in your mouth and blow your fucking head off because of how miserable he is. And then there's and then there's Andy, who's quite uh, who's quite lively, quite friendly, a little bit rude, but in a cheeky kind of friendly way. And he says, can I get, how, how's the tiger pouring? Is it all right? Oh, that shit. Uh, get, get us a kind of kill Kenny. So that's what he sounds like. Mm. Hell yeah, mate. Maybe we can submit this episode to some voice acting thing. How would we do that? I have no idea. And then there's Rob, who sounds like this. He's quite gravelly, quite fast, quite friendly, though. So, you know, you don't mind. Uh, can I get a can of Kill Kenny, please, mate? I'm just going to step outside for a smoke. Uh, I'll get a round in uh, when I'm back, lads. Uh, you just you just finish your drinks up. I'll get the next round. I'm just having a, having a quick smoke. So that's what he sounds like. And then he never buys the next round. No, he always does, actually. Oh, Rob okay. Rob's a good one. Um, all of the Manchesterans at my bar are good except Stove. Or Steve. Everyone calls him Stove because he's built like a stove. Oh, of course. Um, short and wide. Um, but And white. And white. Yes, he is white. But uh, no, he's... he's All of the Manchesterians are good. Manchesterians. Manche- or Manx, as they are more commonly known. The Manx. The Manx. Sounds awful. Mm. And then there's the Welsh who sound a wee bit like this. The Welsh. And uh, then there's 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 this one Welsh guy who sounds like he's from the north of Welsh, but like where Wales meets up with Lancashire. I'm boring the fuck out of you right now, but this is actually good practice for me because I want to bring these characters to the stage. So I'm going to continue to annoy you with it. No, to- it's good. No, it's not. I can tell you're hating it. I love it. Do you? No. Why do you keep doing this podcast with me? 
It's uh, very fun. Is it actually though? It's it's a good archive of where I'm at in my life. Right. Okay. You think you'll look look back on it someday? Listen to it. See where you were at. I'll just put the whole. They're like. I'll just put the whole transcript of every podcast in my suicide note. Please don't kill yourself. <laughs> um, at least not until you're fifty. That's so far away. It's not that far. You're nearly thirty. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So it's like, what's twenty more years? In another ten years, you'll be a full-time professional comedian. Easily within another ten years. Yeah, as long as I keep pushing. Yeah. You will be a paid comic, a paid regular comic touring Australia. Who knows? Maybe even overseas. I have to keep developing lots of original angles. Mm-hmm. Becoming known for your autism? Yeah, who knows if I even have autism. Come on, I really want to sign you up. I'm going to look up how to um, sign you up for that sh- dating show, Love on the Spectrum. And I'm going, please let me sign you up for it. Can we do it? We can do it. I don't know if I'll get on. Right. If you get on, what will you do? Fuck a girl with Downs. Fuck a girl. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, at least he's not ableist, guys. <laughs> um, yeah. It reminds me of that Dave Attell bit. What Dave Attell bit was that? Where he's like, he talks about being at McDonald's, like working at McDonald's, and he's like, but, you know... You want to leave, but you're banging the girl on the fryer. Mm. They say she's retarded, but those titties ain't retarded. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, nice. David Tell's so great. He is. He is one of my favourites. Can I ask a genuine question, though? A sincere question? Yeah. When I first asked you to do this podcast, what, were your, what was your thought? What was the thought process behind it? I was like, I'm going to do it. You're going to do it? Why? What, the first ever episode? I did. No, no, no. When I asked you to become the co-host. I was like, I'm going to do it. Mm. And? Because I, I need to take action in my life. Take action? Well, it was me taking action, but go on. Yeah, but I could have... Said no? Yeah. Mm. You're very good about making the time for it. Mind you, what else do you do? Not much. Not much. So, checkmate. Um, but no, you're very good about making the time to do the podcast. Mm. Is yeah. it something you enjoy doing? I do. I do like talking shit. It's like talking shit and sharing it with the world. Yeah. You would be impressed by how many people actually listen to this. It's a much higher number than you think. I think only I listen to it. You don't listen back to this, do you? No. No. You've had the conversation. Why would you listen back to it? But if there's like a funny idea in there, maybe. Maybe. Hmm. And try and find, pinpoint where it was. Um. Maybe one, one thing I would like to do, I'd love to know who to submit voice recording to. And then I'd like to send them a demo of all the different voices I can do. Yeah. Because I can do, I can do a Homer Simpson if I warm up into it, and Homer is so hard to do. It takes me quite a bit of warming up though. Uh, the trick is is to warm up into it. Like, um, 
Merge? Merge. Merge. Getting there? Is that is that close? I think you're getting closer. Yeah. Merge. Merge. Like Marge. And it's like, it'd be like, Marge, you can't keep fucking Flanders. But homie, his cock is so big, I don't care. Homie! <laughs> that's Mo. <laughs> <laughs> ah, Homer! Yeah, that's what, that's Barney. Whoops. Barney. And then there's Mo, who sounds like this. Mo would be like, listen, Homer, you haven't been here in a week. You owe me $50 for your last bar tab. Something like that. And then there's, um... Mr. Burns, who sounds like this. Mr. Burns, Smithers, and then yeah. So there's that. There's those voices. There's uh, um, there's Lenny and Carl, uh, which are th- those two are the hardest to do actually. Um, I could probably do some more of those voices if I listen back to them. But Homer, Marge. Mo, Mr. Smithers, and Barney are the ones I have in my head. I don't even remember what Lenny or Carl sounds like. I do vaguely, but I can't... I don't remember it enough to replicate it. Yeah. It takes me about a week of consistent practice before I've mastered a voice completely. But Homer... Homer sounds like this. Like, you know what I mean? Is that close? Uh, I haven't watched The Simpsons in a long time. But- okay. Give me, it sounds familiar. Give me a popular voice that you know from TV. I'll see if I can do it. A popular voice from TV. No. Hmm. I don't know about... I'm thinking... I, I don't know what iconic voices... I can do a pretty good Peter Griffin. You can do that. <laughs> Um, I'll try and do it in an original script because it's so easy to do when you're just re- like rehashing their lines. So I'll try to talk to as Peter Griffin for a little bit. Um, hey Martin, uh, hey Martin, hey Martin. Okay, I gotta warm up into it. Fuck, fuck! I hate this. This is so embarrassing. Um, is it? Yeah, it is for me because I'm actually good at this. And it's something I pride myself on. Um, no, but it makes sense you got to warm up into it. Because mm. it's like a difficult... It's an unusual Talent? way to talk. It is, yeah. <laughs> I, th- I thought it'd be funny if you thought I was chatting. Hey, Matt, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Hey, uh, have you seen my wife, Lois? Yeah, I was fucking her earlier. Yeah, that sounds like sense. She's a total slut. She is. Mm. No, I wasn't. I'm just joshing you, mm-hmm. Peter. <laughs> just joshing me, Peter. Um, so tell us, what have we been drinking lately? Have you been drinking much lately? Uh, water. Water? 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 Water is good. I prefer beer. Um, but like, why the fuck is my baby's head shaped like a football? Well... It's Lois's weird shaped vagina. It's mm, too true. Um, how do you like these Reese's pieces? Yummy. Yummy. Um, it's pretty impressive that we've managed to go this far in the episode and not talk any gay shit, isn't it? It has been tough. Has it? Has it been tough? 
I haven't been saying a lot. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. My whole act is built around... Oh, by the way, who won the last gong show on Thursday? Legacy. That's right. Who came second and third? Jay Raymond and Chris Pacello. Yeah, yeah. I felt like that would have been the case. I was very confident Jay Raymond would have gotten top three. He had a great set and I watched his entire thing. He fucking... He nailed that night. He probably could have won, but he uh, didn't get to his last punchline. Mm. He's amazing though, Jay. I fucking love him. Yeah. He's brilliant. Chris Petrullo too. Shout out, Chris. Thank you for putting me on at the Port City Comedy last Wednesday. That was a sick night. It was one of the best shows I've had in a while. I went through a bit of a slump where, like, I was riding heaps, but I couldn't deliver with any confidence on stage. And then, I don't know, I I smoked a bit of weed at at the first Sunday slouches and kind of all turned around after that. You unlocked a secret area of your mind. I did. I did. And I haven't needed to smoke weed to unlock it again, which is nice. I thought I'd be one of those fuckwits who has to smoke weed every time he goes on stage or get drunk. That could be expensive. It could be. And then it's very difficult to replicate. Yes, yes. I don't want to become on a drug. I don't want to become dependent on a drug to be funny. Yeah. To to access my potential. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like that's a very unhealthy cycle of dependency, you know? Yes. Yeah. I believe you're right. Mind you, do you feel like you write the best jokes when you're either manic or depressed? Yeah, probably, because you're really honest. Yeah. Yeah, right. What about that premise I told you and Luke earlier? I won't say it on mic. Well, I think uh, in the last episode, Luke dropped in and said the N-word. I don't think we got that on camera, on mic, but... Maybe we did. Maybe if someone turns up their speakers loud enough, they can hear Luke say it in the background. The one word he said on pod. <laughs> the one word. <laughs> he is so adamant he's never appearing on this podcast. And the one time he does, he says one word and one word only. And it was the N word. That and getting, giving him some Reese's PCs. Oh, yeah. I don't know why I say PCs. It's just fun to say it like that. Yeah. But is it Reese's pieces? Yeah. It is. No, I just say Reese's Pieces. I feel like someone else says it that way, but I don't know who. I don't know who either. I've heard it said before. Have I? Have we? I, I feel like, yes, I have too, but I don't know where I've heard it from. Yeah, I have no idea. Mm. Here's something interesting that you might be able to elaborate on. So... I was watching this documentary about plastic surgery in yeah. Korea. And you're considering getting some? No. Okay. Um, but apparently lots of Asians go there to make their eyelids appear bigger. Wider. Okay. Um, apparently Jackie Chan had it done. Oh. And I believe it because I saw the documentary. There's vi- video footage of him as a stuntman uh, back when he used to work with Bruce Lee. Um, before Bruce Lee died. Back then he looked way sleepier. Well, yeah, his eyes were extremely small. And then they say when he started getting into Western movies, he had an operation to widen his eyes, and that's what got him more movie offers, is the big eyes. Oh. Mm. Any thoughts on that as a half-Asian man yourself? I think I already have relatively big eyes. Yeah, you do. 
You do. I'm not as squinty as your regular... No, you're not. You have nice eyes. Oh, thank you. Mm. Mm. What do you think is your best facial feature? I feel like you have nice teeth. Yeah, I got Invisalign. What's Invisalign? It's like uh, retainers. Do you have them on now or have you had them in the past? Uh, I wear them at night time. Oh, right. Okay. I never knew that. Yeah, it took like a year and a half to reform my teeth. How can you get that? Just go to the dentist. How much does it cost? Uh, it was like $7,000. Oh, fuck. Shit. This is back when I had money. Yeah, right. Something we do not have anymore. Yeah, but back then I was like, well, you know, I could, this was a few years ago now, but I was like, it's investing in something that's going to be around for a while. So Makes sense. Makes sense. I don't think, I think my teeth are pretty straight. Yeah, they're pretty straight. I would like to get them whitened, though. I think if they get too white, they look clinical. That's very weird. Mm. I used to be heaps better about brushing my teeth, though. I feel like I'm getting bad for brushing. I used to brush my teeth three times a day. Oh, shit. That seems excessive, but... Mm. I think you only need twice. Yeah. I just... I don't know. I fell off the bandwagon a bit, and now, like, sometimes... I generally brush them at least once a day, but... Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I've neglected my dental hygiene a little bit. But I think I'm getting the wisdom to teeth coming through. I think you can see it. Do you want to have a look at my mouth and see? Not particularly. Okay. Fair enough. There's nothing in there that'll hurt you. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think I'm going to do? Well, I was at the dentist and apparently uh, Asian people don't have to get their wisdom teeth out much. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. Why, why do they say that? Just, I think you just got a bigger mouth. Asians have bigger mouths? They have, like, more room for their teeth or some shit. Right. But then they have crooked teeth more often. Interesting. That's really interesting, actually. Yeah. I never knew that. Well, the guy that was my dentist was Asian. I assume he was not talking shit. You assume he was not talking shit? Yeah, he seemed like a dentist. Was was this Dennis office in a garage, <laughs> or in a warehouse? Wait a minute! <laughs> did this man did this man have you in a basement somewhere? Wait a minute! <laughs> now that you mention it, I wonder he if he didn't. What, how much does it cost? Do you think to get your wisdom teeth out? No idea. I feel like it can't be that expensive because I feel like it comes under a um, necessary yeah. surgery. Yeah, it's not like cosmetic. It's no. fucking... It's either... It's, it's medical. It's yeah. needed. To, it needs to happen. Because sometimes wisdom teeth come in on like a weird angle and attack your other teeth. Yeah. Um, the other thing too is that uh, the... You know, I had my tonsils out and I got that done completely free. I had I was on a really really long waiting list, but I I did get it completely free. Oh yeah, I was on a thirteen month waiting list, but I got them out. That probably gets more and more dangerous as you get older. Tonsils out? Mm. How so? I don't know. I think same. I was 17, 18 when I had them out. Yeah, but don't all surgeries get a bit more dangerous as you get older? I don't think so. I I honestly don't know, but so don't know. It just feels like they might. I don't see how. 
Oh, never mind then. It's yeah. just an idea. Shut the fuck up, man. <laughs> Um, no, but I do think I'll need my wisdom teeth out and I'm going to research into what it will cost. Because, you know, I don't want to do some fundraiser just to get my wisdom teeth out. Yeah, and you don't want to have to wait till they're, like, coming out your nostrils. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. Maybe I should get health insurance again. I was considering getting health insurance. It's only, like, for a basic plan, it's pretty reasonable. It's only, like, $1,500 a year. Yeah, I haven't had health insurance for a while. Me neither. I think I let it expire 18 months ago. I'm thinking of getting it again just for one more year, though. Just for a year, just so I can get my wisdom teeth out. Wisdom teeth out, vasectomy. Dick enlargement surgery. Yeah, yeah. Don't know if that's covered under health insurance, but we'll see. It definitely is. There are some health insurances that do cover some cosmetic surgeries. That's what's interesting. For instance, oh, like a cosmetic surgery, like if you have a nose that's like inhibiting your breathing or something. Yeah, something like that. Um, or you have eyes inhibiting your sight. Mm. I know there was a friend of mine. Oh, I wouldn't say he's a friend. He's an acquaintance who I would like to be a friend, but I haven't really hung out with him enough. But he, uh, he's getting a hair transplant okay. and Botox in Turkey <laughs> at the moment. At the moment? At the moment. Damn, dude. A hair transplant seems so unnecessary. Just shave it off. Yeah, just shave it. There's plenty of people who look good with a bald head. Jason Statham. Bruce Willis. Those are all celebrities. Yeah, but like you would objectively say they look good with a bald head. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jake Lannon. I think he suits a bald head. Yeah, I think uh, it looks way worse if you fight it. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You're not fooling anyone. No, you're not. It's just, just scalp it and, you know, embrace it. Agreed? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why that person wants to get a hair trim. I'll show you the photos of... Because I saw this today. Of them, or... Yeah, of them. They, they, they're getting this uh, getting this thing done. Ah, it's still up on my Instagram, actually. Oh, brilliant. What's going on? What? Oh, for fuck's sake, my SIM card's disconnected again. Oh. Fucking shit. Is it... It just lives in the top there. Yeah, sometimes it gets like dislodged, and I gotta either I'll restart my phone, then I'll get this shit going again. We need to what I need to show you this because it's it's fascinating, like like what they do to your head. Yeah, because like they, I just I just don't understand do why they inject new hair into your head. I don't know. You see this hairline that I've got now is, is what's crazy is you look at photos from both my. Dad's family and mum's family, nearly all members of our family recede back to this point and then it never goes. Oh. Everything else remains thick. And I feel like I'm quite happy with this head of her. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Huh. Is it though? Be honest with me. It's very Vegeta. Vegeta. <laughs> I like that. I, w- I don't want to go bold, but if I did, I'd happily embrace it. I'd happily, like, if I was going bold, I wouldn't try to fight it. Well, I mean, you'd save money on haircuts. This is true. This is true. But yeah, it's... I'm worried I, I'm going a little bit bold. But I feel like my hair comes back in waves. Like, the healthier I get, the better my hair looks or something. Well, that is a good motivator. To be healthy and keep your hair? Yeah. Yeah, I suppose. Um, Matthew, Matthew, Matthew McFarlane. Here we go. 
But yeah, there's nothing wrong with being bald. Yeah, so this is this is what's happening. Oh. Yeah. It looks very hurting. Well, he got some Botox in his face too. Oh. Mm. So yeah, he got some I'll show you the had a bit of Botox upon arrival. So Botox. Oh, dude, I reckon you should just age gracefully, you know what I mean? Yeah, but that's harder for some people to do than others, man. It's not easy for everyone to do that. You yeah, know? that's fair enough. It's, yeah, I, I think it's, it looks better and it's hard when you are, I don't know, maybe you have body dysmorphia or whatever and you don't see what other people see, but I think it. You just look better when you don't fight it. I think there's there's probably something in this just for life. Like, it's just better if you don't fight. What, you just don't fight the fucking thing? Yeah, you don't fight aging. Yeah, yeah. Mind you, I discovered there was a girl I, there was a girl I know who I found out recently she did Botox, which was also weird. Reese's? Mm, Reese's. Yeah. Well, how old is she? She's 30. That seems young. Yeah, that does seem young. Just, it seemed pointless in that regard. Yeah, I mean, at that age, I think you're already pretty normal looking. Yeah. Also, what's the stigma with getting older? It happens to everyone. Yeah. Everyone's going to die. Yeah. I think the most we can do is just embrace it and try and be comfortable with it. Oh, piss off. Who was that? Is that something important? Um, yeah, I think it should be... I don't know, yeah, it's probably like advertising and stuff that makes people think, Oh, no, i got to be beautiful forever. Why would you want to be beautiful forever, though? What's the appeal? I don't see it. One day I, I want to be old and weird-looking. Why? Because then I can get away with more. What would you like to get away with? Just like saying heinous shit and they're like, ah, whatever. He's just a weird looking balding frog. Hmm. That's just Martin. It's just Martin Darcy. I think I would like to look like uh, Woody Harrelson when uh, I'm... Uh, that age. When I'm, well, when I'm his age, yeah. I feel like Woody Harrelson's a cool looking old dude. How old is he now? I think he's in his 60s. He looks pretty good for 60. He does. He does. I don't know, but he's so distinctive looking, you know? There's not another man in the world who looks like Woody Harrelson. That's true. I guess, like, you look at some, like, I don't know, like, pop band boys and they all kind of look the same. Yeah, they do, but, like, there's no one who looks like Woody Harrelson. No, he does have, like, an interesting face. It's not an ugly face, um, it's, I, I'd, I'd even say it's good looking, but it's just so distinctive. He's got like that distinctive jaw, that distinctive nose, those eyes. It's, it's just, it's a face that like you see on no one else. Yeah. It, it is a very interesting face. Yeah. I also like how he, he kind of just isn't embarrassed about his boldness. He kind of just like embraced it. Yeah. But, like, I also like that he goes from that where, like, he shaves it, but then sometimes he lets it grow out a bit to, like, that. 
And that just to me seems like a little bit of laziness, like he can't be bothered grooming that bit because it's too much work. But I like how he's not embarrassed by it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, he's just like, yeah, I'm just a fucking human. This is what my head looks like. But not trying to hide it. No, not trying to hide it. Not trying to run away from it. It looks kind of, kind of looks good. I think there's something very human about embracing your imperfections. Mm. There is something, I think. And I like that. Like, I think that's where a lot of the best comedy is as well. Mm. When you, instead of running away from what you're scared of, you run into it. Yeah, yeah, running into your problems, running into your thing and all that stuff. Do you think that intro I use works well, that new intro of mine? The comparison? Yeah, from Alan from The Hangover. Oh, Seems yeah, to get that works, laugh. yeah. Yeah? I feel like it worked better when my hair was longer and my beard was bushier, but I used it on stage at the gong show on Thursday and it's just, it still seemed to work okay. Well, it's a, it's a very quick laugh. So it gets your foot in the door. Yeah, well, that's one thing I'm beginning to notice. I'm trying to... I am... The sooner you can get your first laugh, the better. Yeah, well, that's one thing I'm beginning to get better at, I feel like. I'm, I've, I've written lots of... I feel like I've written lots of jokes which at face value aren't that sophisticated, aren't that challenging, aren't that good. But what I do, what I am proud of them is, is that I am writing jokes that are better at buttering up the audience, you know? It's like I can, I can write a joke that can win them to my side. Yeah. And I feel like that's, that was something I struggled with so much to start with. Well, yeah, it's like a, just an undeniable thing that you have to do. Like, otherwise you're going to be fighting an uphill battle. Hmm. I think you just have a more enjoyable time if you just give in to the fact that you have to be a little bit, like, pandering in a way. Not even pandering. I I like to reverse it on them. I do think there comes a point in every set that I do, that I enjoy doing, where, like, great, I, I get to flip this on its head a little bit now. I get to go the other way with it. Well, but- maybe, maybe not pandering, but just things that are... you got to have some jokes that are palatable to a majority Yes. Otherwise, you're going to lose too many people. Well, don't you think, though, once you've made people laugh at something, once you've made them laugh at something, they're much more willing to laugh at something that challenges them a bit more? Yeah, for sure. That's why it's very difficult to open with something controversial. Yeah, right. Unless, like, you're a well-renowned comic. Like. And it's your audience. There was that joke. By Jimmy Carr that Sean Frenero sent me. I'm going to get it, pull it up. Because I feel like you probably would have seen it, but it's also very enjoyable. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Where is what it? is it about? I can't remember. Oh, brilliant. Um, oh, God damn it, Sean. Where are you? Well, Sean Frenero, shout out. Here we Jimmy go. Carr. In America, they've made it effectively impossible to get an abortion, even if you get raped. That is so... Up. Think about that. You serve your time, you get out, you got to pay child support. Nightmare. <laughs> I was in. A- he does do great Mr. X. He does. He does. That's that's a great bit. He, yeah, he is a great. He's like a workhorse when it comes to writing jokes. He is. He ever. His premises are. I I find a lot of his stuff is very original. Not all of it, but like some some of his stuff is like amazingly original, and he's king of the one-liners. I feel like 
Yeah, it's very difficult to do one-liners as well. Mm. It is. Not for five minutes, but for like an hour. Yeah, but he does it. Yeah. I think I... You know another something else that I can impersonate quite well? Oh, yeah. Christian's laugh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Does that sound like him? It's pretty close. Pretty close. And I think I need a little bit, need to be an octave higher. <laughs> well, maybe just do it the next time he laughs. Well, I really want to go up on stage and, like, if, if he laughs during my set, I'll be like... like Fuck, does that sound like gay porn on Fast Forward? Oh. <laughs> That'll be pretty funny. Thank you. Thank you. Damn it, we talked about gay. <laughs> oh, damn it! <laughs> oh, fuck! What did we get to? 56 minutes! That was pretty good. Oh, that was the, like, only the slightest slip up, though. But then again, we started and. I we did put. We did have a little bit of gayness at the start, but that was the disclaimer, so we allowed that. Yeah. So, yeah. And then I immediately broke it for the bit. Just for the bit, though. I'll yeah. allow that. And to be honest with you, we like we, we were making fun of Christian, so we weren't really talking about gay shit. So oh. I, I, I think we, we came close there, but we haven't really broken the rule. I quite like Christian. I like him, too. Like, without him, the gong show doesn't really work. You don't think so? No. Were you there last year when he wasn't on the gong? I mean, I did a few gongs last year when he wasn't on the gong. Yeah, yeah I think it works way better when he's on. I don't know. I mean, I, I can remember a few times we, we that they've done the gong show with other people and it, it seemed to work out okay. But then there were some, like, really... Oh, yeah, there were some awful times. Yeah, of course. There were some times we got some of those comedians from over east. And, for, and some person thought it would be good to put an MC and a gong master on who had never done the gong show before. Yeah, weird energy. It was a horrible energy. It was pathetic. Like, they just gonged people off, not even for, like, not like people, like, people were getting laughs and not getting plates. And the, the MCs were the gong master. I can't even remember what her name was. But she gonged people off because she didn't like their jokes. And it's like, it's not up to you, bitch. It's up to the audience. Yeah, I feel like I got gonged after like a minute that night or something. Yeah, you remember that night? Mm. I remember it because Corey White made a post about it on the Perth Comedy Line saying these useless fucking <laughs> Victorian Melbourne comics. Yeah, trying to like, clueless. And yeah. But then everyone's got their opinion on what real comedy is or whatever. That's true. I don't know. I feel like Chris Shin, though, does bring a very good energy to the gong show, though. Yeah, for sure. And he, he gets people really involved in the premise. Yeah. Yeah. I also don't think he minds... I think he plays a little bit of favourites, but, you know, everyone's guilty of doing that in certain scenarios, aren't we? Yeah. Well, I mean, he'll definitely throw me a bone sometimes. Well, like, on the last gong show night, you see how many plates were up for Josh Durkin? Yeah, but... That's kind of... There's a funness to that as well. Oh, yeah. but I, And I love Josh Durkin. I and think I, he's I love hilarious. it when Shin is like, I see the plates, but I want to see where this is going. And then yeah. they get to laugh for them to build their momentum. So it's... Yeah. 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 No, Chris, Chris is good. I also feel like he likes me more. I was convinced he hated me the first time he met me. Mind you, I'm a very socially paranoid person. Well, yeah, very early on, I think... Chris was kind of in my corner because he 
invited me over his house, like, after the second time he ever saw me perform. Oh, I wanted to make a gay joke there, but I'm not going to. Yeah. But, uh, and then, yeah, we just kind of talked about comedy and smoked weed and it was nice. just, yeah. Mm. Where does he live? Uh, in Bull Creek, I think. South of the river. Yeah, right. Interesting. Very interesting. Hmm. 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 No, I'll have to give, uh, I'll have to, I know, I'm looking forward to trying out this new material. And I would like to use that joke about his laugh. Hmm. I, I feel like it's a good bit. I think making fun of his laugh is pretty funny. Yeah. I've yeah. seen uh, Bruno do it as well, so... I am getting better at uh, um, crowd work, though, and, like, off-the-cuff stuff and riffing. Like, I had that bit about the coming tummy after that guy's set on... Uh, yeah. I was quite happy with that. I felt like that yeah, was... I think it's huge, like, being able to comment... If you start with something that either just happened or is obvious about the room, it's huge. Yeah. And, yeah, I felt like that would, that really helped my set on Port City, at Port City. Yeah, 100%. Because then it's not just like, oh, it's a guy who's just, like, reading off a mental script. Yeah. It's like, he's here. He's yeah. with us. Yes. So, I was very, very happy with that. And... I do have some some ideas for crowd work. And it's funny how you look at so much crowd work. I feel like crowd work in, in, in some sense always has to be spontaneous. You need to rely on the crowd to it for a certain extent. But some of it is more prepared than it seems. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. I mean, there's, there's bits that I use that are kind of like traps for crowd work. Right. Yeah. Right. Interesting. Well, I want to, I have this joke I want to do which makes fun of old people in my next set, but I don't know how that's going to go down. Yeah. I don't think I'll lead with it, but I do think I'll put it in the middle somewhere after I've butted up the crowd a little bit. Put it at the end. That's where they belong. The old people? Yeah, right yeah. at the end. Of the line? Of this their life. Yeah, right at the end of life. That's how. Um, well, old people are cool. They were young once. Well, I don't, I'm not saying they're not cool, it's just, I just don't think, you know, I, I want to be able to make fun of them. I truly feel like if you, I feel like saying that things are above humour, I feel like that's insulting to it. Yeah. Because sure. if things are above humour, then I feel like it lacks a, a strength of idea. Like, if you can joke about everything else but not that one thing, then it's very strange. Yeah, well, it, it, it like, if it's an idea like religion, let's say. Let's say you say, oh, religion shouldn't be made fun of. And it's like, why is your idea about that about your religion that fragile that it can't be made fun of? It's like, surely if your faith is yeah. strong, you can you can bear to make fun of something and, and live with it. Yeah, totally. But it's also like, how is it being made fun of? Yeah, that too. Because if it's just... Because if it, it's if it's for the sake of hurting that group, then I don't think it's right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but no. But if, it, if it's to reveal, like, a truth that is, like, maybe, a po like, actually positive, then it's definitely okay, I think. Yeah, yeah. Ob obviously, context matters for everything. But then people, too. I feel like if you say, oh, you can't make fun of these people, then what I think that sounds like to me is that you're putting them on a pedestal that you that that you're saying they don't think they can survive without. You know, it's like this person isn't intelligent enough to get uh, this person or these people aren't intelligent enough to understand humor. 
for what yeah. it is. You know, so I feel like doing that for people in verse. Obviously, again, context always matters, but yeah, you know. Yeah, there's always. I don't know. There's. There's. I think you should be able to joke about anything, but it's also sometimes people will just say things for the sake of being shocking. Oh yeah, that happens too. But shock, shock comedy is. It works. For some people. Oh, it gets a reaction. That's true. That's the whole point of comedy, isn't it? Yeah. Hmm. What do you think is your most shocking joke? Most shocking joke? Yeah. Um. That you can say on mic. Most shocking joke that you have used on stage. Oh, I heard you used a particular kind of joke this Sunday. What are they? The negative people joke. Oh, yeah, I heard no, you use that. Really. It didn't work. I got a laugh. The people were like, oh, what direction are we going now? Yeah, this is... This is sketchy. Yeah. But I did it, like, right before I closed out the set, so... Nice. But, I, yeah, I did a bunch of, like, new or, like, things that were older. Oldois? Yeah, like, old stuff that I'm like, uh... I cut the jokes because they weren't really working, but now with a new fresh set of eyes, I'm, like, adding tags and seeing if they work. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the most, what, shocking joke I've ever told. I'm sure there were heaps, like, at the start. Because when you start, you kind of just want to get a reaction. Right. But I don't think anything awful. Yeah. I think most of the time, a lot of my stuff's pretty palatable for a lot of people. Who was that comedian who got gonged off on Thursday? I don't see him that often. I see him once in a while. He was like an early... He was, he was early on. Um, not Shmooly Tabulu, not Sam. Um, it was another guy. I think a lot of people got gonged in the first half. It was a tough audience that night. So yeah. I was very happy that I got through. Uphill battle. Yeah. I knew... I didn't intend to use that Provax bit. I didn't intend to use that Provaxine bit. But... I don't know. After I meant to go into the bit where I was like, yeah, I like to sleep around. And then it's like I meant to go into my STD clinic bit, which I felt like would have done well. Um, but then the pro vaccine bit just came to me and I might just try it out. And it got a pretty good reaction, I feel like. Certainly divided the crowd a little bit because, you know, you're talking about the vaccines, but... I feel like it definitely got a, a mostly good reaction. Yeah, I think, but it's always important. If there's a, like a divisive subject, you got to try build saves in. Well, I did in hindsight because there was that woman who yelled out, uh, like when, after I do like go from like four to ten inches, yada yada yada, do that bit. There was that woman who yelled out, yes, that's right. And I yelled out, yes, bitch. What I should have yelled out was, yes, bitch, small penises. You know, and that would have done really well Yeah. as a result. It's always interesting thinking about these things in hindsight. Yeah, it is. But I'm going to try that out again. And I think if I throw in that, if I get that reaction where somebody yells out, woo, and then for for anti-vaccine joke, then I can turn it into be like, yes, pro small penis joke. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then th- that will win back the audience that I lost after making an anti-vax joke. Because I will lose some of the audience. I don't think I'll lose the majority of the audience, but I, I do think I will lose some of it. 
But even just making a comment like, I can feel some of you pulling back on me. Yeah. Just, I think, will then maybe alleviate the stress of those people and then they might be back on side already. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to this set on Thursday. Yeah, I'll have to clarify. No. Yeah, I don't know. You'll have to clarify what? How much uh, new that I need to do. Why not just make it entirely new? Just have fun with it. It's tough because... It's not about winning the gong show every week. No. You're already a semi-pro comic, Martin. Please remember that. But it's always... uh, Yeah, I don't know. I don't want to... Yeah, I guess I'll still book me regardless. Yeah, I'll still book you. It's like you're, you, yeah, you're already a semi-pro, approaching full-time pro comic. So I do feel like by this time next year you will be a full-time pro comic. We'll see. Maybe I... you'll have a job on the side, but like you'll be pretty much be considered a professional comic. That's tough because you see people that have like way more jokes than me and like good bits and stuff and they're like i don't know i think comedy you're struggling like the whole way up yeah but it's like it's it's a you know it's a fucking struggle of love you know it's it's like if if you really want to do it and you really want to keep struggling with it you'll keep doing it no matter what uh no matter how long it takes it's like for me there's nothing else i want to do Apart from maybe travel the world. Like, I, I'd love to go live in New York for a year. Two years. Yeah. I'd love to live in New York for two years. But, like, yes, it's an uphill struggle. It is difficult. But, like, if you really do love it that much, it should not be that much of a struggle. You should just want to do it. Yeah. Is that so wrong? No. No. You sound hesitant to say that. No, I think it should be... Also, it's like, you never know what's going to be successful. As in what jokes? Well, no, well, in terms of everything, like in terms of like what people, I honestly think that there are comedians out there who sell and who sell their jokes and become successful comedians based purely on the fact that they are charismatic, not even because they're funny. Like, this is going to be a controversial take, but I don't think Kevin Hart is a very good joke writer. I'd say he might even have a team. Of writers? Yeah. I could believe that. But he is incredibly charismatic on stage. Yeah, he's good at selling his jokes. Oh, he's incredible at selling his jokes. But, yeah, I, that's that's the case. And then you get other people like... I don't know, Norm MacDonald's weird. It's like, I don't think he... I, I wouldn't really call him... I wouldn't really say he has any char- charisma. Yeah, for some reason, and I agree with this, I'm one of these people... People think he's one of the best comics ever. Yeah. I think he is charismatic. I don't know if I consider him charismatic. I just... Mm. I think people are drawn to him because he has a cheeky energy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He he does have a cheeky energy, but I I don't know if I'd call it charisma. He has a confidence, but I don't think... It's kind of this weird, like... Like... I don't know... It's like weird offbeat charisma. Yeah, it's not typical charisma. But I think people are drawn to him because he doesn't give a fuck. He really, he really doesn't. Yeah, so it's someone that's... People are drawn to people that are genuine. Yeah, yeah. 
Wouldn't you love to be in the position where you didn't need to give a fuck anymore? Like, that position comedically. Well, it'd be great. Because then you can just go up and do, like, 40-minute sets and just... Crush? Yeah, I'll just try out all the bits. And... What's the longest set you've done now? 15 minutes, right? Uh... 15... Yeah, just checking the levels. No, I think 10. Just 10? Yeah, 10. 10-minute 10 set. I'd love to do a 10-minute set. Um, I feel like I'm... I need to start timing my sets more because I feel like I have a comfortable five in me. But the problem is I'm not very good at spotting the lights. I'm always nervous about going overtime. Yeah, I think for me at least it's it's difficult. Like I can do five easy and then but then ten is like a bit of a stretch. I'd love to do seven minutes. I'm thinking of giving myself a seven minute set at Sunday Slouches sometime. Do it. What's well, the benefit of running our own room, huh? We can do whatever we want. Yeah, because it's interesting because you you everyone does five and then there's no real and then it's just 10. Yeah. Like, there's no stepping stone. Yeah. And then 10 is literally double. Yeah. So, it's... But then, I don't know. I've heard that, like, 5 to 10 is probably, like, the hardest jump. I've heard that said by a lot of people. The people say that going from 10 to 15 to 20 to 30 to 40 to 50 to 60 is all easier than do going from your first 5 to 10. But then, yeah, I remember, like, my first ever gig, it was so stressful course it is i remember my first gig i was physically shaking like and my yeah, friends I were was there pacing so much yeah my friend was there and they were like dude you you actually did really surprisingly well but you were shaking like a leaf on stage and i'm like i felt like i was yeah i yeah. felt like i was vibrating it was ridiculous i think i actually have footage of my first ever i don't think i have footage of mine i wish i did i really do wish i did but i don't um, it's going to be cool that we do a set this, uh, Wednesday to go. Yeah. Are you superstitious in terms of, um, your, who you, what you think will be successful? Am I superstitious? Like, like, put it this way. Um, I am paranoid. Mm-hmm. I have this superstition. Uh, that, uh, I am paranoid that there are some comics that when I, when I'm doing a show with them, I feel like if they come on, I am going to have a better set. Like Gareth McKean. Every time I've done a show with Gareth, I've had a good set. Literally every time. And I remember seeing him on Port City tonight and I'm like, yes. I actually said to him, I was like, yes, you're my lucky charm. And he was like, lucky charm. And I'm like, I have a good set every time I do a show with you. Huh. And he is a nice guy and really, really funny. I think he's awesome. But yeah. yeah, really nice guy. But yeah, I do feel like I have a good set every time he's around. Yeah, I don't. Do you have any superstitions like that? Don't know about superstitions, but like definitely if there's like a certain MCs, I'm like, this gig's going to be awesome. How did Shash go on seeing Sunday night? I heard he was good. Yeah, good. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I think the MC's job is not necessarily to crush, but to just, like, grease the groove so everyone else can crush. Yeah, right. Grease the groove so that everyone else can... Like, loosen up the audience. Shash is great at that. Yeah, for sure. So is Chris. Yeah, 100%. Blake Richardson was a surprisingly good MC on uh, um, 
last Thursday at the Gong Show. Yeah. Thought he was great. That opening set he had was was fantastic. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's also really good at selling his jokes. He is. He is. He, even if the joke is like, and I'm I'm not saying all of his jokes are like this. I actually really like Blake. He's really really nice, and uh, I do like a lot of his jokes. But like even the jokes which are, I don't know, simply written. And I don't like to say that because a lot of his jokes are actually quite sophisticated, but. The jokes that are simply written, he is amazing at selling. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. That's what I like about Josh Durkin, too. His commitment to his joke, too. Yeah, he'll just sink with his ship. Yeah. It's pretty amazing how he does that. It takes a lot of, I think, failure to actually get to that point of success. Josh Durkin's point of success or Blake Richardson's? But I think any anything really, but yeah, like yeah, like it's like it's like you've said to me before, and this really stuck with me. It's like the master has failed more times than the apprentice has tried. Yeah, totally. Yeah, like the beginner will quit before. Yeah, can can I say that in a Chinese accent? Do whatever you like. The master, no, no, the master has. The master has failed more times than the apprentice has tried. Something like that. Maybe it would be better in Japanese accent. The master has failed more times than the apprentice has tried. Yeah, that's better. Better? Yeah. yeah. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> we are so fucking stupid. Being stupid's good. It's good for comedy. I think all my favourite jokes are pretty silly. Are they? Are they? Are they? Are they? As in, like, my favourite jokes that I've heard. Favourite jokes that you've had gay sex with? Oh, damn it! Mm-hmm. Oh, it was an hour and 20, and I... God, we got so... F- an hour and 17. God, fucking damn it, I couldn't help myself. <laughs> <laughs> Shit! <laughs> <laughs> I'm impressed of how little we managed to keep the gay sex out of this episode. Oh. I think, uh, yeah, in the first year of comedy, like, every comic has, like, they'll do, like, really shocking bits. It's just like a, like a, a rite of passage. Right. I think, like, you, you really push the line and then you realise maybe I can't push it that far. I don't think it's a case of... Not realising that you can't push it that far. I think it's a case of realising I need to be more tactical and more clever about how I push the line. Yeah, you can't just have five minutes wall-to-wall of shit that's making people gasp. Yeah, it's like it can't be it can't be just all blunt force trauma. Sometimes you need to approach it with a scalpel, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You gotta you gotta warm the audience up. Yeah. Lube them up. I do and I do think I'm getting legitimately better than that. Particularly judging from the last few shows I've had. I've had a string of good shows lately, and I'm determined to keep it going. There's a bomb coming. There's a bomb. Oh, yeah, there's always a bomb coming. It's always when you least expect it. Yeah. Well, that's why, like... Um, Every time I'm, like, getting confident, I'm like, there's a bomb coming. Yeah. There's a bomb coming. But, like, I was talking to White, Nixon, and Mason after their respective shows on... So, uh, Sunday 
And then White nixed it on Thursday. They were both like, oh, it didn't do that well. And I was like, man, it's just... He's still getting better. So for White Nixon to win the gong show as early as he did is unheard of, I feel like. Yeah. How early did he win? Like... Pretty early. Very early. Like, got through in, like, less than six months sort of thing. Which is, I feel like, just unheard of. It never happens. I think I did the same thing. Yeah, but you're also, like, a... You're also, like, a prodigy. No, I think it was... But then it's weird because basically none of the jokes that I use then I use now. Mm. It's such a shame, too, though, because... And even even though I do think the gong show is a really, really... I'm actually beginning to enjoy the gong show more and more as an exercise. Like, it's actually fun to see... Because you need to be so good at reading the energy in the room... And you need to be able to have really tight punchlines. Tight punchlines. You need to be able to. You need to be able to kind of adapt. You need the flexibility to kind of be able to like alter and change your set. So I do think, for all of those purposes, it is a makes it a really really fun exercise that I'm beginning to enjoy more and more. But the audience does kind of cripple it in a way because you can see that. The audience is ultimately made up of cowards because they what hide in the dark and hold up a plate. Yeah, that too, but it's more so the case of (sighs) the audience is clearly scared to vote people off, some people off that they don't think are funny, but like they're individuals who like they're scared to vote off. Yeah. You know? You can see it. I won't name names, but you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Me. No, not you, fuckhead. <laughs> but yeah, you just get that, and it's like, fuck. Also, the the other nice thing that's uh, fun about the audience is maintaining your cool when something's not going well. When something's not going well, because yeah. it's like I remember the first time. Like, don't let them know that the ship is sinking. Yeah, exactly. Like when you when you when like when you say a joke which like is questionable or offensive or something's going on with it and all of them hold their plates up and it's kind of just like oh fuck you know keeping your cool when you see that massive rise of plates is like i don't know i find it's a really fun exercise it is tough it is but it, it's once you start because i feel like there's a real code and science to the gong show like there's a real code with the crowd like you've cracked the code yeah, but only with, like, certain set lists. You've still cracked the code. And the thing is, the ne- when you use the next set list, you'll be better at that set list because you've already cracked the code. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It'll be the third three-minute set that I'll win with when I get there. Nice. You'll get there. It, it, it'll probably be easier than the second time you cracked it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because the first time I won, I didn't have, like, the in-and-out material. I didn't, like, the cougar loss. Yeah. The virginity stuff. Didn't have the, like, the porno stuff. Yeah. Didn't have... All I had was the same opener. That's been, like, the through line. I did hear a good joke recently. Um, It's not mine, so I'm not stealing it. I'm just... But I I really liked the joke. So, you know how, like... um... 
You know how they play bagpipes at like the funerals for policemen and firefighters? Yeah. So they were like, they did this joke about that, which was where it was like, obviously funerals for firefighters and policemen are always sad, but like not for the bagpipe players. Because that's like a nice bit of work for them, you know? Yeah. You know? It's like, oh, Lindsay will be able to... We'll be able to afford that nice holiday now. Some policemen were killed and there's going to be a nice wee bit of work for me, you know? So, like, that was the that was the joke I heard, which Dude, I found. Bagpipes is such a jarring comparison to someone being dead. I don't know. I feel like there's something noble and appealing in them. I don't know what, but I, I kind of like them. I don't. You don't like them at all? They're very noisy. They are noisy, but there's a lot of things that are noisy. I think they kind of sound like someone has fallen asleep on a car horn. Mm. Yeah, I hear that. But there's like a lot of car horns. Yeah. Well, yeah. What was what's that other one? Um, um. There's there's two like. You see them all the time in like anime movies. There's the, they're from like in in like Asian settings where like there's the one where it's like, I don't know why I'm doing the hand gestures with it. Is it is like a guitar kind of thing? No, it's more like just a humming or like a or like a cello, like one of those weird cellos, those two string cellos. Yeah. And it's like a, you know, some Ronin samurai sharpening his sword in a temple, drinking sake or something like that. Yeah. And that's the setting. Then the other song that I always hear too is the drums and the sticks. Uh. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yes, that's it. Yeah, from fucking Samurai Jack. Yeah. yeah, fucking great show. Do you ever watch that? No. You'd love it. Why? Um, I feel like uh, it's... Con- um, no, no, not because you're Asian. I did not say that. But it helps. It probably helps. We can wrap up this episode now. Yeah. Shall we plug something? should probably plug something. Guys, Sunday Slatches on every Sunday um, coming up. I'm going to create the next event for it. Probably tonight. Um, and, uh, yeah, please come down, please support it. If you come along, there might, might be more than six people. There might be more than six people, which we would like. It's an open, it's, you know, it's the start of a new open mic and, you know, we're still in the construction phase of it, but you know what we guarantee every week? Funny comedians. That is one thing we do guarantee. And it's like... And we'll also guarantee some bombs. Some bombs. There's always going to be some bombs at open mics. This is a given. And that's, um, that's beautiful. It is wonderful. But, guys, the the show is fun. The comics are great. The It's a BYO food venue. It's right in the heart of Leaderville, right next to the train station at the 21st Amendment Bar. Um, I was not present at the last show, but I hear it went well. And, uh, yeah, it's like just come down and support it because it's a fun night and it's a cheap night too, only $10 tickets. Um, you can buy your tickets at Eventbrite or you can buy them at the door. Either way works. Uh, guys... This has been Profeshi Anal DGen A Rates. Uh, uh, thank you very much uh, for listening to this episode. 
Um, oh, also, by the way, I'm going to put up our first ever Patreon exclusive episode. So, which I know we do have a fairly loyal number of listeners. George Cook. Um, <sighs> Kayla. Uh, Mason. Uh, Kira Lee. And that's all of them. That's all of them. <laughs> um, no, we actually do have like a surprising number of listeners. It's it's kind of it kind of boggles me that people listen to this shit. Me too. <laughs> right? It's mad. But it's something you can listen to while you do your gardening or whatever. While you're having making love. Yeah, yeah. Mm. It'll keep you flaccid. <laughs> It'll make you last longer. <laughs> God, thank you for very listening soon. Keep an eye out for that. A uh, Patreon exclusive episode. A uh, Patreon is a very cheap uh, thing because we don't have many much content on there yet. But sixty nine cents, five dollars to be exact. But um, well, I wouldn't pay that much. But uh... <laughs> thanks, Martin. You're amazing. Um, there is no obligation to do it, but if you do want to listen to that episode and you do want to support the brand, go get it a check out. I plan to have it up by the end of this week. Thank you very much, guys. Uh, bye. Bonsoir. Uh, that one, this one.